Good morning, Illini. Welcome back to another Healthy Illini podcast. I'm Matt Schrock, as always. And this is actually part two for our uh, episode called Finding Your Voice. You should check out part one if you have not listened to it yet. It's fantastic. Talking a lot about finding your own personal voice and personal journey and things like that. Um, But we're going to jump back in with our guests and continue on this and talk a little bit more about, um, about finding your voice and how that manifests here on campus. I'm again joined by guests that are affiliated with Beckwith Residential Support Services. Um, If you go back to listen to the first episode, you can hear what Beckwith is. But I'm joined again by Paige Lewis, Associate Director, Katie Hoyer, Visiting Disability Advisor, and Maddie Thomas, uh, an intern. Uh, Michael had to leave. Michael Van Wagner was here in the first episode. Uh, It was great having him on, but he had to leave for a class. And so we lost him for this recording, but I'm still joined by the other three. Guys, thanks again for being willing to do this. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having us here. And uh, we talked a lot last time about finding your voice and that personal journey and kind of what it means to come to to a university and you're moving out of what you've always known and moving out of the, the structure that you're under. And so a lot of times, um, like you said, uh, Paige, it's a very um, protected structure in a lot of ways because of the state of our world. Parents, and I know I'm a parent myself and I feel that, um, are very uh conscious of threats to our kids a lot. And so we try and protect that and try and give safeguard that um, for good and bad. Um, but then they come to college and all those things are not there anymore. Um, and they're kind of on their own and able to to, uh, to step into who they want to be and find who they want to be. And so after you've found that voice and found out who you think you want to be and you want to step into it, um, the next thing that's really important, you all mentioned in your prep work, was self-advocating. Um, and the importance of that. So let's just start there. What do you mean by self-advocating? What does that even look like? Um, To me, self-advocating means um, just speaking up for what you think is best for you and not stopping until you get it. I would agree. Those are all really important tenets of that. Um, I believe, you know, I think in general, when people hear the word advocacy or doing something for self, you know, you're obviously focusing on what you need, um, which is wonderful and a great skill to develop. But I think a lot of times when people hear advocacy, they think of what big ways must I advocate? What big things do I have to do to make these big changes? And the biggest thing that I like to drive home when working with students or just reminding myself, um, you know, ways in which I advocate every day is, you know, it can be even the small things that I want to occur in my life if, you know, if you've done not as well as you hope on an exam or if, if you even are with your boyfriend or girlfriend and want a uh, or significant other, I should say, and want something, you know, different for dinner than they want, advocate for yourself and explain why you're feeling like eating something different, you know. And it's through making those, those little changes um, that we learn um, what advocacy really means for us because as we've been saying all throughout today, it's a very individualized process based on our own experiences. So there's no, to me, there's no right or wrong way to self-advocate. It's simply um, speaking out uh, for something that, you know, bubbles up inside of you that you have the fire for, that you believe is important and you can't sit on it anymore. And I think it also, it's, you know, again, self-advocacy is really that element of finding your voice. And so I don't think there's a right or wrong way. And so often we have students you know, ourselves, we'll speak up because we think that we're justified. We might learn information later and realize, oops, you know, maybe I shouldn't have been out, you know, so outspoken on that. Um, 
you know, live and learn. Um, but nowadays, you know, self-advocacy, there's people can do it social media. And, you know, once it's out there, you know, it's you, you can't pull it back. And so I navigating what it is to find your voice is much more challenging <laughs> because, you know, back when I was, you know, in college, if I would, you know, misspeak or, or what have you, you know, not too many people would have heard it. But now, if I were to put on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, what I'm frustrated about, it's out there and I can't pull it back. And that's a difficult thing for people to learn. And oftentimes, self-advocacy is what we've been exposed to, those, you know, our morals and ethics um, growing up. And social media totally changes those rules. I've said so many times, I'm so grateful that that all that came along slightly after I was in college. <laughs> that you know, I look back at who I was as a, as a college age, I'm like, man, he was an idiot. I'm really glad that he didn't have anybody <laughs> listening to him back then. Um, but uh, even scaling it back to even a more basic level, um, self-advocating really comes down to simply taking initiative for yourself and finding empowerment for yourself. And that's really where it starts. And there's a lot of students that um, don't feel that they are worth the time of doing that, that my voice is not even worth sharing because so-and-so has more experience or so-and-so is more popular or they have a better, uh, they're better spoken, um, things like that. And that's really not what it's about. It's about taking that initiative of yourself um, in order to to further whatever your needs are or, or, or where you're at. Um, why is that so important on a college campus, especially coming in as a freshman, you're, you're changing, you know, you come in because there's lots of resources here, but if you don't self-advocate, what is the advantage of doing that as a freshman, even when it's kind of scary? I mean, what does that path help you with? I think it helps you learn, um, how to be independent, how to stand on your own two feet. Um, and just how to, yeah, get what you want. It helps you to grow. If you're starting as a if you're starting as a freshman, you're not going to be nobody's perfect ever at anything. Um, we're all as part of the human experiences, growing and developing um, in every aspect of our life. But as a freshman, um, you're coming to campus. You have so much, um, th so many things I should say going on around you. You have so many influences, good, bad, ugly, beautiful, whatever the case may be. And so, through um, through trying to advocate, um, self-advocate. It's by the time you get to your senior year, you you learn from your mistakes of like, oh, that's not how, if I wanted this end result, right? Because when we think of advocacy, we're thinking about where am I now and how, where do I want to be are the two things we need to, or kind of the two tenants we look at and then how do we get there? And that self-advocacy piece is that middle piece, right? Um, through advocating, through using our voice, we get to where we want to go. And by the time you're a freshman, you might not have, you might have very little idea of how you want to do that because you haven't come into your own yet. By the time you're a senior, grad student, professional on campus, whatever it may be, you've had those lived life experiences like Paige was mentioning earlier that you're able to say, okay, this is, this is why I go this way with my voice or this is why I hold back at certain things. What's most advantageous for me to get what I need to get? And Mike had mentioned before about who am I, you know? And by speaking up, we help figure out who we are. And, and 
explore ourselves that we didn't even know exist. I mean, so many people, um, by just speaking out, realize that they have some leadership qualities and they like it. Not necessarily the upfront, like I want to be president of the United States leadership, but realizing that leadership has several different um, levels to it. Um, and so it, it gives them that confidence and again, ex exploring to make them want to try to be vulnerable in other types of situations. Hopefully they'll have a similar outcome. You know, one of the, well, one basic difference between high school and college is just the layout. Um, nobody has, I mean, I should say nobody, very few have a high school campus that lay, is laid out like our campus here, where you have different buildings, you have different um, places for advisors and things like that, and different um, organizations meet in different place, in different areas. Um, if you're, you're, you're all talking about, so, uh, about self-advocating and being proactive, but what are some practical ways that a student, especially a freshman coming in who's not experienced with a college setting, what are some practical ways to take those first steps and to advocate and to to find those those areas that you can use you can use your voice. I think definitely reaching out to your professors, um, your advisor, um, if you're a dress student, your access specialist, or um, even just um, anyone really at dress. Um, and I also feel like reaching out to your family or your friends, people you trust, um, and just voicing like your concerns and seeking out reassurance um, is a great way to um, help you to find your voice and learn how to self-advocate. Student service, you know, everybody knows, especially with freshmen, that that first week is, is the prime opportunity to um, explore campus. And so that's why welcome week activities. So for freshmen, transfer students, you know, it's really exploring all the opportunities that are out there. Quad day is a fantastic opportunity, overwhelming by far, but can be well worth seeing all the different registered student organizations and other things on campus. Um, attending the activities advertised in the residence halls or the flyers that are or email sent out by um, various departments of, hey, this is what's going on that's in your major. Um, if you uh, identify, um, you know, various social identities, looking to see what might be available through one of the cultural centers or um, there just to even find that place that you feel comfortable. That is how college success, I think, happens is that engagement um, and feeling welcome. Because if we always feel un, you know, not comfortable, we're not going to put ourselves out there. Mm -hmm. I would agree, agree with that with the caveat that um, sometimes we have to push ourselves, right? Um, so when going and, and looking for resources, like Maddie and Paige both touched on, um, Maddie was saying that you Paige was saying you need to be comfortable, and Maddie was saying to touch on, uh, to reach out to people you're close to, um, you know, to 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 push yourself. And for example, with freshmen, you all have to live in the the dorms, right? Or the, I'm sorry, the residence halls. Um, so you're having to live in the residence halls. Resident advisors are chosen by housing staff to be wonderful resources 
for people because they've been, for the newer students, because they've been around campus, they know how to deal with you all as freshmen coming in who aren't familiar with resources, who might be feeling homesickness, whatever the case may be, and they, they're, they're trained on what those resources are and what signs and, and um, things to look out for to provide you and direct you in the right way. So I always say to students, as long as you, when you're starting out, of course, your social circles and your connections to what's out there will grow. But I always like to say to my students, as long as you have one, or even internally among staff we discuss, as long as students have one person that they can feel like, okay, this is my safe person, I can go to them when I have these questions, when I don't know what resources are out there, then it doesn't feel as overwhelming anymore, right? Because you know you have somebody in your corner. And again, as you've all said, that journey takes time. Um, first week of, of freshman year is great because you get you get exposed to so many opportunities, but it's so overwhelming you don't remember half of them. Um, you don't have to have it figured out that first week. Just be proactive. Try. Go out and find out. Um, I, I liken it to my, my youngest brother um, transferred here as a junior um, in engineering, and uh, I helped him through some of the process during that time. And I remember he came back one day, he was supposed to decide what his specialty was going to be, what his focus was going to be. And he came back, he goes, I haven't even heard of half of these. Mm-hmm. He's like, I didn't even know these existed. And that's what college is. You come in and there's so much that you don't even know exists. And you might find something there that is, hey, this is where I fit. And that's where you find your voice. And so it, it's that journey. Um, it's that process that, that you can use. And I think playing off of that is uh, eyes wide open. We need to be open to these opportunities because Everybody coming to school here has academically excelled. They're here for a reason. Well, now you're in with everybody who's just like you, and so how that's going to shake down in terms of your grades and stuff is different. And that, you know, that academic success is often what helps make students struggle because if they're not doing as well as they're used to, then they're starting to question and they're not reaching out and having their voice and asking for help or saying what's going on, learning strategies, study strategies, it's all different than what they know in high school. Time management, organizational skills, not enough time and effort is spent preparing um, prior to high school. And the assumption is I'm an adult now, I should have this, and metamorphosis happens, right? And these skills. No, we have to find, reach out and feel comfortable of asking for help and figuring out and being present. So eyes wide open, I think is huge with self-advocacy. And, you know, we've all heard, this is important for this discussion and for every discussion we do in Healthy Illini, we've all heard the stories of in high school, you're told you need to prepare for college because it's going to be hard. It's going to be a tough place and, you know, you're on your own and all this, which there's a some truth to that, but the, the thing that nobody says is there's a lot of people on this campus who want to help you. There's a lot of people on this campus who want to help you succeed. This is not a we're throwing the deep end and see who drowns and save the rest of them. This is, I mean, we all, all of us in this room are here because we care about students, because we care about individuals, because we care about experiences. And so if you are listening and you find yourself, you know, I don't have these things or I haven't found my voice. I don't even know where to begin. I don't know where to start. I don't know who cares. We care. Um, reach out to McKinley, reach out to Drez. Um, reach out to your advisors. People here on campus want to help you succeed. And we, we want to be resources for you. So please uh, reach out for that if you're looking for your, your own voice. Now, the, the last thing I kind of want to talk about um, is uh, kind of the next stage, the next step. 
someone's come on campus, they found their own voice, they've found they can self-advocate, they've, they've found their ability. Um, how do you use that then to advocate for others also? And this is kind of a re really important um, for, uh, for a lot of students you work with in DREZ, a lot of students with disability in that, in the beginning, in your prep work page, you mentioned that it can be even uh, more difficult for students with disability to navigate some of that because they really have to self-advocate right away um, with you know whatever it may be with access with um, special uh, accommodations things like that. Um, how does Drez advocate for others, and how do how can students also advocate for others if they've gone through the experience already and they found their voice in those areas? <laughs> well, I think I'd be remiss as a licensed social worker if I did not say that I think the best way to, the first step, I should say, to advocate for others is to actually stop and listen. Um, stop and listen to what others are saying. I think all too often, whether you're staff, whether you're a student, whether you're a peer, whether you're a personal assistant, whatever the case may be, I think all too often it's easy for us to jump into what we see as the problem, where we see the advocacy to be needed. Um, where that might not be the direction the student wants to take at all. And as much as what finding your own voice is, is making your own mistakes so you can learn from them, or you know, also so you can grow. Um, so for me, that's kind of the first step of learning, helping individuals to advocate, is to stop and say, okay, what, what are you seeing as the issue at hand and how you might not know how to get there. You might not have the resources. You might not know of the resources yet. But yeah, we always say at Beckwith, um, you don't know what you don't know. But I like to add in, you don't know what you don't know, but you do know you don't know something. <laughs> so there's something there that you know you're struggling with. So so being open and then on the receiving end of that, being willing to listen to what that is, um, I think is key to advocating for others because otherwise you're just advocating for yourself and what you think the need is. So at DREZ, like uh, students access specialists who are there to be the liaison for um, students receiving those academic supports that they need to normalize the playing field really, um, are there to help the student learn how to have their voice. So they're, you know, access specialists similar to academic advisors, professors really, it's helping the student to speak for themselves. They don't want to have the student come say, I'm having a problem with this professor. The access specialist isn't going to call that professor, email them, and, and solve the problem. They're going to sit and work with a student to try and figure out what the problem is and help them construct uh, the most effective way to address that problem. And I think that's the misnomer, is that the problem is going to be solved for them. And so often students are still giving their voice up um, because that's what they're used to doing prior to here. So that's another tough lesson to learn. Yeah, there's there's a there's a balance um, kind of and, and, you know, you going back to what you said about social media page is kind of learn that there as well, that when you first get into social media, you find, hey, I can use my voice. I got my voice. And then it becomes all about me. Um, and you have to find that balance of using my voice, but also listening to others and finding where that voice fits into the, the fabric of everybody, because we're all in this together kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really, I, I love what Drez does in, in supporting 
um, like you said, they don't fix the problem, but they support and help a student find a way to have their voice to address a problem. There's times when they have, when, you know, everybody will take a more um, forefront uh, in terms of addressing a problem, kind of depending upon where the student's at and how far it's, ex it's uh, accelerated. But again, the intent is not talking for the student, it's helping the student to um, advocate for themselves. And so sometimes it's just having that extra person in the room to give them the confidence um, to, to be able to speak and potentially interpret or reiterate what they're trying to say if, if they aren't saying it quite as clear as what they know um, the student's trying to say. Another one of my favorite things to say to my students, I got a lot of them, is um, the only way to um, to have confidence in your ability to do something is to build it. Um, and so I think that that is part of what advocacy is and learning advocacy. It's like Paige just mentioned, having that support in the room so you know you're not alone. You know you can, as we say, fail with a safety net, but it's it's on you. and. That's not on the. That's not necessarily on the student when they first get here because they're used. They're in. It's habitual, right, to have others, especially if you have a disability, to have a parent or a teacher or someone else take your voice. And so we understand how stressing and overwhelming it can be to just throw you in there and be like you were saying um, earlier, Matt, about finding the opportunity to do that. You know, we're not going to have student. We're not just going to throw you in the deep end and you know, trial by fire. We're going to try to walk you through the skill set needed or, you know, help you to build that confidence over time because it takes time and it's not one thing um, that's going to give you your voice if you do one thing. Um, so, yeah, working together to build that. And, you know, the Beckwith, our mantra um, at Beckwith is making important choices, leading empowered lives. Um, sometimes that important choice is to ask for help or to recognize that we don't know something and to, you know, by admitting that to ourself is huge. And um, so it, you know, it's, it can be a very small thing. It doesn't have to be grandiose. And oftentimes we think we have to have these huge uh, expressions to say that we're self-advocating. It can be just the little things. It comes back to something I like to say on the podcast a lot is that, you know, with Healthy Illini, we're not or at McKinley, we're not trying to do things for you. We're just trying to come alongside um, and walk alongside somebody and give that support and give that um, that confidence as well. And and uh, you know, if you feel if somebody feels like their 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 voice is not supported, that's what we want to do. It's not it's not speak for them, not stand in the background in the shadows, but stand beside them and say, "Hey, you got this." As they go through it, um, and that's a lot of what I'm hearing from you guys on this as well. Um, but unfortunately, that's all our time. Um, I do really want to say thank you, uh, Katie, Paige, Maddie. Uh, thank you so much for being here, a part of this. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your voices. Thank you. Thank, thank you very you. much. Appreciate the opportunity. Finding your voice at college, is, or finding your voice in general, is such an important part of who we are, and it's such a vital part of, of finding the path that, that we want to walk and, and find the things in life that we desire. And if you're listening and you're not sure about how to start on that process, you have a question, you have a comment, you want to get some feedback, um, please reach out to us. There's resources listed in our, in our bio, uh, whether it be McKinley, the Healthy Illini, or Drez, or Beckwith, any of those. Um, reach out. Again, uh, we are here to help you. We are here to listen. We are here to uh, engage and to have that conversation and see what we can do to help you uh, 
find the path to be the best that you can possibly be. But thank you for joining us today. You are on a personal journey, no matter where you are in it. You are important and you matter. Your health and wellness are important and matter, and we are here to keep you well to excel. So go have a great week, Illini. Let us know how you're doing, and we'll catch you next time on Healthy Illini.